There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Richard Porter. I'm Johnny Smith. And this is Smith & Sniff, a podcast in which two friends talk about cars and many other things. Do you know what I want to talk about? I want to, I want to talk about the fact that over the last couple of evenings, I've watched a few things on television, mm. and both of them have spiked my interest in the fact that it's mostly 70s and 80s uh, movies and TV shows. In anything involving the military, mm. there's always there's <laughs> there's always people holding on to the to the back of open-topped jeeps and things, stood up with a, yeah. an assault rifle. And there's so much trust in the brake and the clutch control um, so that you don't just ragdoll off it. <laughs> and it really troubles me every time I watch it because I think, oh, they're going to just, like, stamp on the clutch or they'll do something bad really jerky and you'll end up clang- <laughs> clanging. I say this because I've really badly hurt my hip once on a roll cage. Oh. Because I was stood up on a car that was running and someone yeah. forgot who was sitting in... We, they were, we were posing for a photo. And they they forgot that the engine was running and they put their... Oh, I don't know gosh. what they did. They selected first and had the clutch down and then took all the pictures were chatting and then just jumped off the clutch. And I was stood up oh. not holding onto the roll bar. And it lurched forward, and it smacked me so hard in the kidneys that my kidneys, oh, my God. kidney went purple. It hurt so much. It was like someone had swung like a church bell or an oh, anvil into yeah. you. It was horrible. Do you ever do that though when you're getting out of the passenger seat of a car? It's sort of contingent on the driver and how good a driver I think they are. But if it's somebody who I'm not entirely confident in their skills, I always have a little look to make sure that they've put the car in neutral or park before uh, I get out because it is a sort of low-level fear of mine to be clouted by a car door as you're trying to get out of the car. <laughs> There's it's a level happened. of mistrust there. Well, I don't know. Is it? I suppose it is. I mean, that's the thing. If it was you, I would assume that you know, you're know you not a fuckwit in a car and you can, well. you can perfectly well just... <laughs> keep it under control but i don't know i think it maybe is because years ago do you remember that program driving school yes that um infamously gave us maureen that welsh lady who was extremely terrible at driving yeah but her and, local clutch supplier was very very pleased i'm sure yeah. <laughs> she had a, i think her husband had a larder didn't she? that's and right that's that's what she was learning to drive in and there's a very memorable scene in that which is hysterically funny but it also haunted me rather long she is trying to park and then he decides to get out to check that she's in the space properly and as he goes to get out this stepping one foot on the ground the door is open <laughs> she lets her foot off the clutch and the car smashes into his knee and he there's two things this is imprinted on my brain there's oh, two things God. about it one the noise that he makes upon being smacked by a larder door he should have been <laughs> a bit like homer simpson <laughs> then angrily slams the door shut at which point maureen goes the car jerked as if it was like something she had no control of <laughs> did that car is that car still around oh god well, it'd be pretty be pretty easy to find out because it'll be in the it'll be in the program only you can just check the reg and see if it's oh, still on gosh. the road but yeah so uh so yeah i i did watch uh, uh for those who care, I did watch a, an episode of Miami Vice last night, and it did involve some military vehicles being thrashed around with people hanging <laughs> off the back of them. They, can we call them militia or guerrillas? Let's call them militia um, or guerrillas in this instance. Oh, good news. Oh. Uh, Driving School is uh, appears to be on YouTube. Uh, Driving School episode one certainly is on YouTube here, all 29 minutes and 14 seconds of it. Oh, brilliant. I wonder if... Uh, 
the infamous. I, I, I won't watch hey. it now because we're trying to do a show. But, <laughs> no. um, and you're hungover, it, which is why if listeners uh, are uh, thinking, yeah, I should, his I voice, should have apologised at the top for the fact that I sound terrible. But yeah. if there's any compensation, I feel worse than I sound because I was in London yesterday uh, for a meeting. Yeah, a, a, a meeting. Yes. And then I thought, oh, I'll meet some old colleagues for a quick drink afterwards before I get the train home. And they sort of spiralled into suddenly some kind of massive work reunion. It was really weird how it happened. But it's one of those best things, you know, if you try to organise this, you'd have done it two months out and then lots of people have gone, oh, I can't make that day. Oh, that's true. That is true. Whereas, yeah, we just, I very casually messaged two people and then went, oh, we should probably invite so-and-so. And And, actually, he's going to, he's told so-and-so. And it was just like, so loads of people showed up. I think that's how and men. Very nice. That's how men operate. I think that's how men. Well, there were women there operate. as well. I think it's just it's you know it's oh, okay. a, a, a kind of a casual, a casual drink. But um, but it was it was the classic. First of all, we started early because one of my friends had to go, so he went. Well, I can be there at half five if you're around. I was like, yeah, it's fine. I'm, I'll be done by then. So a bit of an early start, and then it was the absolute classic. Forget to have dinner because you're just in a pub having a nice time. And then oh, such an I, alpha uh, male, Richard. It's so alpha, alpha. It's an idiot, isn't it? I'm mean, 48 for fuck's sake. I'm too old for this stuff. I shouldn't be going out boozing and not eating. I just, I just, it's now I'm paying the price because I feel rancid. I always but, carry nuts yeah. in my bag. Well, this is the problem, you see. I didn't. I thought (laughs) I had something in my bag. I thought, did I put an apple in there or something? No, nothing. (laughs) At sort of 10 o'clock, one of my mates went, should we, we should go get some food. And I was like, I can't. I've got to go get the train now. There's a train at half 10. I've got to be on it. And um, and so I tore to Paddington Station, went into M&S and bought a massive bag of crisps, (laughs) which... On reflection, they sell sandwiches and stuff. I should have bought like a sort of proper meal. Yeah, real food. No, I just bought a huge, huge bag of crisps in a rush and then got on the train and scoffed a lot while messaging you about (laughs) what I was doing. And and here we are. I don't know why I'm laughing because I had to have a tactical chunder last week, didn't I? After um, I had a sort of cider incident. But we won't won't go into that because it's... I, yeah, just, I, 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 right. that when you were messaging me and explaining what did you say that you were doing? You <laughs> sitting very still, listening to Sting, yeah, while I, eating a piece of toast. I, I ate a piece of marmite on toast. One one slice of toast. It took me. I'm going to say it took me 15 minutes to eat it, and I was still as can be, watching a couple of music videos of Sting. Um, <laughs> I don't know why fields of gold. Um, if I ever lose my faith in you, etc., etc., etc. But yeah, yeah, I was still in the kitchen, just just trying to compose myself after not that much booze, but obviously booze that just wasn't happy with me. Um, mm. Yeah, we were talking about this the other week, um, like not on the podcast, but about you messaged me about it's probably me, the Sting the, record, the Sting track. It's it, it, it it's from it's from Lethal Weapon one or two could, could be three actually is it yeah it, yeah because it, it's, it's got Eric it? Clapton on the guitar I could, what look at the lyrics it's probably me like what's he on about there? I think <laughs> it's, it's a guff just... in a lift a guffy smell <laughs> and <laughs> who's done that well it's probably me it's when you uh, it's when you walk out of the gents toilets and you someone else goes in and there's a cubicle there's only one cubicle free and you you walk in and I don't. It just smells like someone's just poured hot kettle water over a pile of Weetabix, and you're like, "Oh god!" <laughs> uh, it was on the soundtrack to Lethal Weapon Three. There we go. I knew it was one of there the weapons. Go. I knew. Um, and yeah, uh, Garrett Clapton played guitar on it, so that's um, yeah. Because that's all great. of all of Lethal Weapon's incidental music is basically Eric Clapton just fretboard wanking throughout. Is it? Yeah. Is it all Clapton? I'm sure it's all Clapton. Yeah. Wow. I don't like say, I don't like saying this stuff when you're next to like actual fact giving information because you'll go, no, Johnny, you're talking horse manure. That's not true. Now the chorus of it's probably me goes, ask yourself who'd watch for me, my only friend. Who could it be? It's hard to say it. I hate to say it, but it's probably me. I'd watch for me. I don't. Hmm. What's he on about? Well, it, does it mean 
the only person who's really going to look after you is you. Yeah. So, for example, if you've been drinking and you're nearly 50 years old and you've <laughs> forgotten to have dinner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, and do you know what? I, I, I can relate to doing things as a middle-aged person. And you are sort of questioning it. Like last week, I decided to um, bump start my own car in 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 the early hours of the morning on my own street. What? Yeah, because I wanted Why in the early hours of the morning. Because the engine warning light has, had been coming on, and I knew one way to get over it on that particular Honda is to just which is this the insight the insight is to just instigate the pulse start because it when the engine warning light comes on it won't pulse start. You know, like hybrids pulse start. Where you don't, it doesn't right. use the starter motor; it uses high voltage to spin the engine okay. up, so it's totally silent. It was annoying me, so I thought, "Oh, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just bump start it, and then it will reset." It does, it does do it if you disconnect the battery for an hour, and then blah blah blah. Yeah. So I thought, I'll just, I'll just, it's a really light car. The inside, I'll just bump start it myself down the street. So I, I knocked, I, I knocked it, knocked the handbrake off it. Looked down the road, the, the totally straight road, no one there. I thought, I just, of course, couldn't, couldn't put the lights on really. So I just pushed it as fast as I could, and it got fast really quickly because ever so slightly downhill. And then I suddenly <laughs> realised I don't know if I'm going to because it's a really low car. I don't know if I can jump in and get my legs into the pedal box quickly. Oh my god! And then I suddenly thought, oh shit! If I, I didn't put the ignition on to one or two clicks, so the steering lock might come on. Uh, and then I was like, what am I doing? I'm nearly forty-five. What, what sort of a flute does this? Uh, but luckily, I got in. I got in and put the put the ignition lights on, knocked it into second, and dropped the clutch, and it was all good. But mm. I, I sometimes wonder whether I'm the only man that does this sort of idiocy. Uh, there's well, got to be other guys could back me up. Sorry, what what time was this exactly? Roughly. Um, well, it was still dark. Um, <laughs> Going to say it was six in the morning. Oh, okay. You made it sound like it was two a.m. or something, and I was a bit. Do you know what? It, actually, no. It was before I went to bed, so it's probably about half midnight. <laughs> actually, it's about <laughs> half midnight because I was going to take the car out, get it up to working temperature, and then drop, take it back, and put it on the drive. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I'm quite a strange guy at the moment. I think. <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> yeah, you just you just had an attack of strangeness. This is definitely not something you'd normally do. I'll tell you something. We don't normally promote other podcasts on here, but I've been listening to Sports Strangers Crimes on BBC, okay? Whilst I've been doing doing a lot of motorway work. Um, Yeah. Had a lot of (laughs) four-hour journeys. M work. M work. (laughs) Exactly. Not M sport, M work. No, M work. Um, And in that time, I thought, I'll hose some interesting podcasts down the years, and I I have been. I didn't know much about Shergar the Wonder Horse. Oh. And I didn't realise that the Shergar, the racehorse, which everyone's heard of, it seems, even if you don't know anything about horse racing, it's like people have heard of the DeLorean, even who don't care about cars. Yeah. Well, yeah. Shergar, did you, you know Shergar got stolen or, or kind of kidnapped? He was kidnapped. Was he not kidnapped by the IRA? Yes, I think it's now proven that it was the IRA, but he was kidnapped, yes, from his groom and the, the farm, the, the stud. Because he, he'd mm. retired from racing, and he was—he just started being used to f- uh, mate with other horses, and, you know, create <laughs> sort of other wonder horses, I guess. Um, yeah. Anyway, you, you, I'm not going to spoil it all for you, but <laughs> are you confusing Shergar with Champion the Wonder Horse? No, because I, I don't remember Shergar <laughs> being referred to as the Wonder Horse. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was a very good racehorse, but okay, Shergar, the very good racehorse. Is that what you want me to say? Yeah. You, 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 you stroker, um, <laughs> Shergar, the really successful racehorse. Okay, well that is a fact. fast horse. Yeah, do you know yeah. he's still? I think he's still unbeaten. I thought you were going to say he's still alive. It's like how, that's well, sadly, he's sadly, not alive. sadly, he's not still alive, but I won't spoil that because I haven't, I haven't actually got to the full details of that yet, although I do sort of know them because I sometimes read. But Shergar was stolen mm. by three men dressed up as uh, guarders, you know, like um, Irish police, mm. uh, in a Granada. <laughs> 
What? <laughs> it's true. They got a horse in a granada. No, no, no. Saloon a... or estate. <laughs> no, no, they had a tow bar, you goon. They had a tow oh. bar. So in all, the, in all the news clips that they're using, and almost the, right at the top of this series, um, explaining all the strange uh, strange happenings around Shergar's disappearance, mm. you, you hear time and time and time again, three balaclavered men dressed up as Garda, um, in a Ford Granada, driving through the fog, <laughs> in um, with a horse. Garda is a Granada. I know Garda in the Granada, but sh- sh- but I thought Shergar's Granada sounds just. I don't know. Just it's two words that work really well together. Shergar Granada. Mm. Um, Shergar Granada. Yeah, I know. Be a cool Irish bar name. Um, but anyway, <laughs> yeah, because it's sort of you think. I presume that means something, but I don't know what the Shergar Granada. Mm. Actually, it also sounds a bit like one of those very 70s hotels. Oh, it does. With Velour curtains. Granada. We're going for a dinner dance at the Shergar Granada. A din- Ooh, oh, fancy. a dinner dance. I bet they've got very velvety curtains. And freestanding ashtrays. Oh, God. <laughs> you know, those amazing. So <laughs> those amazing ones. <laughs> They're just not a thing anymore, obviously. <laughs> Love a freestanding ashtray. Um yeah, so sure, I want to know, and I, I haven't discovered this. I don't know whether the Granada ever got found um, mm. or fully identified with a reg number or anything. And I want to know. I want to know whether it was a Mark One or Mark Two. I presume it would have been mm. a Mark Two by then, but it might not have been. I'm I'm picturing quite a late. What year was he kidnapped? Eighty. You know? 81, 82, no, 80, oh, no, 80, okay. 83, 83. It's 82 or 83. Oh, so I'm picturing a late Mark II with the sort of less slatted grill. Yes. And those nice alloys. It's a gear, maybe even a gear X. Do you think they would have gone for auto so they could offer up the horse box a little bit quicker without slurring the clutch? Yeah. Yeah. Was it still a three speed on those? Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's a very, with the, very slurry change, and the torque converter is getting a bit toasty yeah, with, with the, the extra weight of a stolen horse behind well, it. Well, and a horse that was going crazy as well, sadly. You know, was it? it? was getting... Is, yeah, it was angry. And it was it was put into a small <laughs> horse box, a much smaller sort of grim horse box that it was used to. Because obviously it was, the most, it was the most valuable horse that had ever lived. It was valued at mm. 10 million quid at the time. Bloody hell. Yeah, bloody hell indeed. And it was owned by the Aga Khan, who was it? owns hundreds of other horses. Yeah, who's nothing to do with cookers, I realised. I, I thought, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, he's, he's the world's richest man who has to be left running all the time. That's right. Total waste of money. Even in summer, um, they, just, they just leave all the windows open. Yeah, you've got to leave the Aga Khan on. Is the, I, I didn't know that he was owned by the Aga Khan. That's interesting. Oh. And there's loads of controversy around that, which I won't go into because this is not the podcast for that. But yeah, sure. Well, I mean, but is it? Sure, <laughs> Shergar was taken by Granada. There we That's, go. Uh, oh, well, I, I mean. Uh, I sometimes feel guilty we don't like... offer enough fact into the Smith and Sniff podcast. So I thought I'd throw um, And a there we are. In. I thought I'd grenade a few in. Well, if you, can, if you can find another car podcast that tells you Shergar facts that are car related, then. Um, then Come and have a go if you think you're hard enough. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> but don't be dressed um, as the Garda and don't be balaclava. No. Do you know what? Also, the three men, two of them were armed. One had a pistol, but the one that mm. the, the one that got out the car last and um, was behind the other two who appeared at the door of the um, the horse stud had a submachine mm. gun. Bloody hell! No pissing around there. That's quite a confusing situation for the people there, isn't it? Because they go, "Oh, the police are here. I wonder what's up," and then they find themselves being held at gunpoint by people that they thought were the police. Exactly. Sort of, exactly. Your brain would struggle to process what's happening. And there'd been um, a really big horse fair on the same day, <laughs> which meant... Okay. No, right. well, I don't know why you're laughing. Why is that funny? All the horses were a bit pissed. No. It a big horse party. Oh, yeah, yeah. They'd, they'd all been on the waltzes and they were sort of fighting with one another and one of them, they'd uh, chipping yeah. one another's teeth out and glassing one another. No, that's not what happened. Um, there'd been a big horse fair on, and they were they're trying they were trying to work out whether that was a tactical thing because there were loads of cars with horse boxes all over the region. 
Oh, so therefore clever. it wasn't unusual to see a car with a horse box at that time, yeah. which is why they thought, they, they think, they got away um, for f- many hours before the police. Did they then take off their Garda uniforms? Because you think that would look odd. You go, look, there's three policemen in a Mark II Granada, we're assuming, with, with a, a horse, box horse box on the back. What's going <laughs> What's going on? Yeah. Again, there's a lot to take in here. Oh, look, one of them's holding a submachine gun. This is a very memorable scene. I'll certainly... Well, they were relying on the fog. Oh. But also, also they were saying how the getaway couldn't have been quick because the fog was really thick and the rain was awful that night. So basically, you're trying oh. to get away with a, the most expensive horse in the world and you're doing like 18 miles an hour with full beam on. <laughs> Yeah, with full beam on, putting the bright rear fogs on and then remembering that that's pointless. Unless there's one on the horse box, I don't know. Oh, it I mean, might. They're criminals. They're not necessarily they're... going to wire up all the electrics for the trailer in the way that they should. No, and lots of people don't, uh, which is really upsetting when you're following something but like that. I just... I'm st- what was there? Uh, we will move off Shergar in a minute, but I'm just <laughs> you're curious. Did they, have they said why they were kidnapped? Was it just a pure ransom thing they were it was, to get the Aga Khan to pay up? It was a ransom thing to get the Aga Khan to pay up, but but it uh, and and it, all this information is already out. But I haven't heard all of the episodes, so it's not clear whether there was a um, a, um, a revenge associated with this kidnapping with someone who was the enemy of the Aga Khan, which I think there was. And there was also someone claiming that the Aga Khan shouldn't have owned that horse. It was someone else's horse. And the Aga Khan oh. kind of like group did a bulk buy on horses and got Shergar as well. Who's, who would be the nemesis of the Aga Khan? <laughs> the, the microwave. <laughs> <laughs> it um, would be, yeah, the induction hob who's yeah. up and coming. <laughs> or just a proper fucking oven that works. <laughs> and you can turn it off when you don't need it. Yeah. I mean, the nemesis of the Aga Khan. No, um, we're making light I, over a, a tragic incident. But, um, yeah, I was really in, I was really fascinated by Shergar's Granada. Mm. Um, yeah, Shergar's Granada. So, so there we uh, go. It's uh, something, this is a change of subject, and it's also essentially irrelevant. Well, but something that popped into my head the other day, I was in the car... Uh, with Radio 2 on, and Sarah Cox played I'll Be Missing You by um, P. Diddy, Puff Daddy, whatever he was calling himself at that point. Yeah. And I suddenly remembered the video to that song. Oh, Falling Off the Motorbike. do you remember how it starts? Falling Off a Motorbike, but, like, absolutely binning it. Yeah. Front brake, fully clenched. Front brake, that's the thing. So I went, when I got home, I was like, I'm going to watch that video again, because I remember at the time, it was like 2006, I think that song, that... It, it bothered me. I was like, why has he done that? What the fuck? Also, it doesn't seem to really make any sense in the context of the video. No. So it starts, and it's 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 Puff or whatever, uh, riding a superbike, sports bike. With no lid on? With no helmet yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. On a you know, sort of country road in the US. And then, just for no reason whatsoever, he just absolutely anchors the front brake and falls off. It's just, why? Yeah. Why have you done this? Yeah. It's still, I still can't make any sense of it. No, and also, he could have just snapped both wrists. You don't have to be going oh, fast yeah. to ruin both wrists. And then he wouldn't be able to do much in the studio for months. And that was, well, it was peak P. Diddy, was it not, when that came out? Yeah, I think so, So he yeah. would have been it was, coining it, was, it hard. Um, well, that song was huge at the time, wasn't it? It was. Um, we're back on string. We actually, are. We're back on. Um, we're back on sting-related music it's, matters. Um, it's every breath you take. Is the yeah. It's not even really a sample, is it? They sort of looped it or nicked it, or it depends on you, your view. But yeah, I, I still, I just, I, I cannot fathom the motorcycle accident in that video and why it's there. Well, it's ho- it's, it's, or, or, but it's also deliberate. I was hoping we would do a. We would do a video at some point like that. So you can pick a motorbike, any motorbike. Oh. Um, so, yeah, you just have to pick a motorbike, everything from Hayabusa down to Cub. And right. you have to just grab a handful of front brake at about 34 <laughs> miles an hour and just see what happens. <laughs> You've got a bike licence, haven't you? Yeah, I have. Don't make me do it. Please don't make me do it. No, no, I'm not, I'm not sort of putting you forward for it. It's just it's weird because I, I sometimes forget that you've got a bike licence. It's like I've, I've never ridden a motorbike. I've ridden a scooter. Oh, do you, want me, to, do you want me to teach you? Like a field bike? No. It's actually really liberating. Do you want me to 
teach me how to fall off like <laughs> that. That's your Christmas present. You know, people go to like red letter days to do like, hey, drive <laughs> <laughs> to drive a Lamborghini Gallardo around the track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. great. Um, yeah, this one's the P. Diddy riding school of um, basically no one's wearing, you're just wearing like a silk um, NBA suit and you're going to be riding along on a, a Suzuki GSXR and you've just got to grab the front brake and dive off somehow. <laughs> That'd be really amazing. I'd love to see that orchestra. He really goes down. It's so strange. He goes down hard. He suffers for his art. But why? I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know. He's not wearing a helmet as well. P. Diddy. Idiot. Um, Puff, uh, thingy who died. What, what was the chap's name that died? Um, Biggie Smalls. Biggie Smalls. He, I yeah. don't think he was a motorcyclist. So I don't think there was a relevance there. He was quite a big lad, Biggie, wasn't he? I can't picture him on a on a higher booster or something. It doesn't seem like that he's, would be he's, his he style. Was, he was a big lad. Um, you know, hence the name, because... Yes. I don't think... <laughs> but then, confusingly, also, his, his, his name is basically contradictions. Well, well, like, Biggie Smalls is like tally shorts. What well, the fuck's going well, on? Well, uh, Smalls are um, an, another name for underwear, aren't they? So is, it, is oh. he just called Large Underwear? Large underpants. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. That, that's, that's how I interpreted it, but I might have completely got it wrong. Well, he was actually, I mean, he was, the Notorious B.I.G. was his, uh, was his actual stage name, wasn't it? Yes. Was Biggie Smalls like a nickname? Yeah. Oh, gosh. People will, people who know more than us will immediately be shouting at this podcast. Baggy briefs. Well, not- okay, Notorious B.I.G. He's not going to be called that if he's, a, if he's very small. If he's five foot one. I mean, Kylie Minogue mm. isn't called Notorious B.I.G., is she? <laughs> So she'd be notorious something else. No, I suppose not. She's got a new um, album out and she's more mucky than ever, I noticed, lyrically. Is she muckier than ever? I think lyrically muckier than ever. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, well, wow indeed. Is she having a midlife crisis? I, I, I think she might. If you listen to some of the lyrics, on, which I have, um, yeah, yeah, maybe. I... This I, I heard the single, but the album has passed me by so far, just because I'm playing catch-up on music. Black Grape have got some new stuff out as well. Did you know that? I didn't know that. No, yeah, they've got an album coming out. There's a couple of songs they've released. They're really good. It's like, wow. it's just, you can't beat the sort of glorious chaos of Black Grape. Right, I know what I was going to ask you, Richard. I was going to ask whether there's um, two things that are in demise and whether I'm, mm. whether this is just this is truth, or whether I'm, it's just me who hasn't noticed. I think there's mm. two things that are in demise. One, the OAP glove box mint. Ah, <laughs> do old people keep mints in the glove box anymore, or does anybody keep? I don't know. Confectionery in the glove box. I had my hair cut the other day, and the barber, after I'd paid, just from below the counter, produced a big bowl of sweets. But they were full OAP spec. <laughs> and I took a I took a humbug. A mint humbug in a clear, crinkly plastic of course, wrapper. Of course. I thanked the barber and off I went. And I was walking back and I'll, I'll have that humbug. And it was they're so gummy if you don't suck them for about two hours. And you foolishly go, Oh, I've had enough of this now. I'm just gonna Oh, if you crunch it. it. Oh no, to stick to the roof of your mouth. Oh my god! Well, it's also it just got stuck in my teeth, and then I was just walking along. You know, it's a bit it's unseemly in public to start rooting around in your own mouth, but it was so annoying. And I was like, well, I haven't had a mint humbug for years. Yeah, and then your tongue starts flailing around, doesn't it? So you look a bit mm. strange. Yeah, you? you do look odd. So I wondered, um, do people still keep confectionery in the glove box? I mean. It's it, it's not a terrible idea to have something in the car to snack on, if you're, I don't know, get stuck in traffic or something. But it's all the the, the travel sweets, the travel mints was all always a thing with all older generations. Are they still doing that stuff? I don't know. Now, a subset of that, those tinned sweets with lots of icing sugar in them. Oh yeah, they were which good. I guess was there to stop them sticking. They were great. They were great, weren't they? And the but can tins. you still get them? I think you can, because I think at certain petrol stations, there's a rack um, 
to the side of the cashier and they have the mm. trad tins of travel sweets in them. Uh, it's like it's for the person that doesn't agree with chewing gum. They go, no, I'm going to have yeah. that instead. And they don't, and they're clearly not going to bother vaping because loads of vape accessories now hanging around the same area. Um, so I think, I think they do still exist. But I, I want to know I, if people still hmm. keep like travel, motorway work mints. Well, now I'll tell you what, next time I'm in a petrol station, I will have a little scout round, and if there's some, I will buy them and watch this for a seamless link. I will bring them to the next Smith & Sniff live show. Oh, my gosh. Which is happening on the 7th of December. Get out. 7th of December is a Thursday. And now we were desperately trying to find somewhere in Scotland we could do a show because we feel like we've been a bit anglo-centric we we but we're still we're, trying if anyone can help we're still trying it's just inexplicably find. difficult no it is weirdly difficult poor lisa spent months it's so strange but anyway we'll, we'll, we'll we will do it it's just that there's some there's some sort of issues with trying to find a venue that is suitable and available and not insanely expensive so in the meantime we're doing a smaller uh live show at Stellantis headquarters. You say intimate gig. You don't say smaller. Inti- oh, more intimate, intimate gig. Yeah. Well, it's still two hundred people, but you know we've sort of in recent times we've been doing kind of like three, four hundred. So it's a bit, but it's still it's a decent size. You're right. An intimate gig. It's Smith and Sniff unplugged. Oh. Um, but well, except it's not because it's as I said, it's at Stellantis HQ in Coventry. <laughs> so there's going to be uh, some fat beats and some lasers, possibly, probably not. Can, I don't I, think they can actually we, do have them. Can now. we see if we can get some lasers? <laughs> I don't we'll have to check. It's they have a new headquarters in Coventry, and uh, their head of communications, who's a very nice chap and listens to this podcast, he is. said do you want to come and use our new sort of conference presentation room, whatever it is, where they do events for a live show? Um, uh, because he understands that it's sort of Stellantis is, a, is a, an ongoing theme, this, a trope on this show. We, we, we uh, love so, yeah. Stellantis. We absolutely um, We do. And we're, we're very excited to go and... and um, go to the, the headquarters and we'll do a live show because it's been a while since we've done one so that's cool so 7th of December um, if you are a patron you'll already know this because tickets went on sale on Friday um, if you're listening to this on Monday tickets are now on sale for everyone um, unless they've all sold out over the weekend we don't know because it's Friday today when we're talking about this um, but uh, yeah hopefully we always give we always sale. give our patrons uh, first dibs because that's what being a patron patron is about Yes. If you'd like to um, do that, you can do it from a pound a month. A pound a month? A pound no, a month. That's one pound every four cheap. weeks. We've actually been told it's too cheap <laughs> by a grown-up who's we, gone, what the We fuck have are been you told doing? it's too That's cheap, but we, we're a bit British no about charges it. charges a quid a month. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, something to address in the new year, maybe. Uh, but uh, yes, uh, anyway, so 7th of December, uh, Smith & Stiff live at Stellantis headquarters in Coventry. Yeah. Uh, hopefully we'll see some of you there. Yeah. And some high energy dance music, possibly as well. So I'm really looking forward to that. Can't wait. It'll be it'll be full of lols and possibly travel suites. And um, yeah, I'll 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 try and remember to look around for uh, travel suites. Richard's going to bring a um, huge bag of crisps to share with everybody. Because that's what he does. I'll forget to have dinner and then just eat a massive pack of beef crisps on stage. <laughs> um, yeah, I have. I've got something else to bring to the live show. Uh, I, 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 something that is going to delight you. I think. Oh, talk to me. No, I'm going to keep it a surprise. Oh, oh, uh, probably gone too early because it's still a month away. But I, I, I should have made it. But yes, I, I acquired something this week that I think you're going to enjoy. I'm really looking forward to this. Um, no, I, um, no idea what it could be. I, I, I wonder if it's a tie-pin. I'm thinking it could be a uh, tie-pin. It is not. I'll tell you that it is something that uh, my wife has already asked if I will be bringing it home again. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you probably don't need me to explain that the emphasis in her voice was very much towards the please don't, don't. end of things. <laughs> so, oh, good. God. Well, 
Where were we? Oh, yeah, anyway, live show. Live show. Um, we, f- we finished talking about OAP glove box mints. And the other thing, which mm. I th- I'm wondering whether it is in danger of extinction. Mm. Can you buy, right now, a three-abreast seat car? Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Passenger car. You mean in the front? In the front, yes, in the front. So Ooh. we know about Fiat Multiplers, and I have. I was going to ask you if you could list as many as you, you could. Well, the Defender... Oh, of course. The current Land Rover Defender. Ah, yes. You can get three abreast. Of course, you get the, the little the little buddy seat thing. Yeah. Um, Is that it? In terms of cars, well, because there's obviously vans. Yes. A lot of vans you can get with three abreast transits and stuff. But uh, cars. Yeah, it has to be a car because tra- mm. commercial vehicles too easy. I. Hmm. No, I don't. I can't think of one. Well, look, guys, here's the thing. I don't think there is, but I keep, I keep looking at Honda FRVs. Oh, there's one that lives near me because they were three abreast and they're a really boring Mm. looking car, but they're a six seater. There's quite a fascinating bit of packaging going on there, and I. I keep thinking I should find one in a scrapyard and buy the seats out of it for a rainy day. <laughs> for what? what? Or to make... For what? <laughs> I don't know. A rainy day? What the... <laughs> I don't know. To put them in something else at some point that's more interesting. Because I'd love it if my element was three abreast. That'd be great. Because oh, it's got the auto shifter yeah. on the dash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm so thinking, sort of could I halfway there? Yeah, three abreast would be a wonderful thing, and then that would be a six seater as well, but with the sort of van like capacious, rubberized um, boot space. But apart from interesting, yeah, FRV out of production a long time. And if you've never looked at an FRV, mm. which I never had because it's just a, it's a bit of a white good car, frankly. Uh, have a look. Really interesting frontal seat packaging going on for many years. After the FRV came out, they, they, when it came out, they put out a press release that came with a picture of a happy, smiling family. It was taken from head-on through the windscreen of the car. Yes. Mum and Dad in the two outer seats, smiling merrily. In the middle, yes. young girl. But the framing was such, or the angle, that it looked... It actually looked like the smiling mum and dad had put their daughter's head on the dashboard. It was it was a really terrible picture, I, and it used to reduce TV's James May to hysterics. Seriously, so he kept it. Yeah, he would honestly, he would absolutely lose his shit. And so, like the first time that we saw it, we just did a pile of press releases when we were going through trying to write the news for Top Gear. And and he properly like we had to take a minute while James composed himself again because he he absolutely lost his shit. But then we stashed the photo away somewhere safe in the area where we used to to do all the the news press releases and uh, and the writing of the show on a Tuesday. And if we needed to perk James up, we'd just pull the picture out and give it to him. He would... <laughs> I'll try it again. I'll try and find this picture and put it on the on the Patreon because it's I, I'd like to see it myself. I was going to um, say, could we maybe we could. Maybe we could send James May a Christmas card, a Smith and Stiff Christmas card. That could be the, that could be the imagery. Yeah, yes, um, that's a good point. We could, 
Well, Pugs has put some jaunty Santa hats on them. Yeah, just some on the fake, fake snowflakes on the edges, you know, usual. I've just realised. I wonder. Yes. Three abreast. Um, yeah. Gordon Murray T50. Oh, yes, of course. I mean, there will have been lots of people shouting that. Yeah, they were, before now. Uh, including people very close to that project who do listen to this here Waste of Time mm. podcast. So, of course, mm. the Gordon Murray T50, and of course, the current discovery uh, sorry defender which is an option mm. to have the three abreast is there anything in between those two bookends is there anything anything uh, out there on sale and if there's anything uh, weird and foreign market i'm all ears oh that's a good point actually what about in the u.s anything it's got to be in the u.s hasn't there there's got to be something what about because... jdm people carriers hmm. they do love a dashboard mounted gear selector so they're again they're sort of Match fit for having a middle seat in the front. <laughs> match fit, yes. But I don't know. I do wonder whether it's... Because it, it, I suppose one of the problems, and I don't know how they've got around this in the Defender, yeah. is airbag. Uh, um, have they got um, an extra big passenger one, or have they got two passenger ones? I reckon it sort of it comes out and across. Yeah. Because there's otherwise, there's a lot for you to twat your face on yes. in the middle of the dash, isn't there? You've got the screen and the gear selector and stuff. I've bloody found the FRV picture. <laughs> yeah, oh, my God. It's I just, worry. <laughs> the amount of times I've talked to just you sort of... on this podcast and you're not really listening. You're just Googling something else. Well, I'll tell you what I did. I went on to uh, Newspress, the popular car industry information resource, which has an archive of manufacturers' official press photos oh wow and you can search by model here you go have a look at that <laughs> you see what i mean yeah it's like floating head in the middle it is a floating head isn't it yeah and when i've seen that picture now all also, i can hear is james like wheezing with laughter <laughs> the other thing is is that the, the man and the lady uh, sitting either side have got really broad smiles on their face I'd say the girl in the middle is forcing. It's like a forced grimace, or like she's sat on something uncomfortable, mm. like a piece of sharp Lego. You know? This this reminds me, we've just had, our kids have just had their school photos done. And did you find this with your children when they're a bit younger? That we've, My wife and I were discussing, was going, I think we need to like give our children smiling classes. Because they can smile quite naturally, but when they're asked to smile on command... They- they pull some really weird expressions and their school photos are basically terrible. You sort of buy them out of duty because you're like, oh, you know, it'd be something to remember them at this age when they're in this, this school. But but they fundamentally, they, they both look like they're being held at knife points. <laughs> it's just awful. <laughs> grimace. Grimace is a good word for it. Grimace. Our boy particularly, he's grimacing. Grimace is a- he thinks he's smiling, but he's grimacing. I think, I think Grimace was a character um, who was mates with Ronald yeah. McDonald. Yes. Wasn't he? Was he the sort of purple thing? Yeah, he was a purple blob. I suspect he'd eaten too much processed food um, <laughs> and then just had no energy at all and felt really heavy. But anyway. Um, That's why he was grimacing, because he was very backed up. He's extremely... Like Elvis. He's extremely backed up. And what he needed to just do is some jump lunges and have some syrup of fig. But anyway... <laughs> jump lunges. <laughs> Don't do those two things at the same time, because that would be an awful idea. Um, mm. uh, my my mother-in-law refers to Pinterest as pin interest. <laughs> Um, yeah, pin interest. pin interest, and every time. But I suppose that is what it's it's a it's a, a, a portmanteau of those two words, isn't it? Yes, I hadn't really thought about it. Yes, it is. But of course, she she's obviously looked at it quickly and just processed it as pin interest. So my kids always say pin interest and then giggle because they both have Pinterest, and I. I I sort of go through phases of looking and caring about Pinterest. But anyway, every time they say pin interest, I keep wanting to say Farina afterwards. (laughs) (laughs) Pin interest Farina. It's just me being immature. 
basically. Well, it's it's, it's just it's, the, the brain makes associations, doesn't it? I just do you find a uh, Pinterest every so often? I'll be doing an image search for something, and and it'll uh, go. Oh, here you go. You know, it's like oh, I really need a picture of a of a Morris Eitan or something. And Google Images throws one of you go. That's perfect. That's the one I'm looking for. You click on it, and it's on Pinterest, and then you, it gives you like two seconds to look at it before it starts bringing all these boxes up going you've got to sign out to pinterest and i can't remember my oh pinterest yeah they're bastards it. yeah they're bastards the, the only people that are more desperate are photo bucket have you ever had a photo bucket account yeah i've had a photo bucket account since about 2001 i've still got it it's a relic but are they it? constantly emailing you and going we're going to delete your pictures no seriously we're going to delete your pictures unless you sign up and pay us money we're going to delete your pictures yeah and they keep doing it and i'm like no you're not you've been saying this for a year now do you know what i used to use it for I used to use it for uploading photos of things I was selling on eBay. Oh. That's what I used to use it for. Back in the day, ah. before apps back in the day. and all that. Back in the day and all that. <laughs> they love it when people say back in the day and they're talking about something that was like 12 years ago. It's not really back in the day, is it? <laughs> yes, well, I don't know. No, it's probably, it's not, you know, it, it's... 12 years ago, well, 2011. Yeah. It was a recognisable time. Most things were about the same as they Well, no, that's really not weren't. back in the day. That's not, it doesn't warrant back in the day. That doesn't. But I don't think there's a sort of, you know, there's no kind of back in the day ombudsman that, that there should gives be. you strict parameters for what can and can't be referred to as back in the day. But I know what you mean. It's like, it feels like it has to be a. a a sort of noticeably different time, like the 90s would qualify. It has to I be significant. The, it has to be significant. The early 2010s. Yeah. Not so much. Maybe Tudor time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't have to. It's no rule that you have to be alive in order to say back in the day. Do you? <laughs> well, of course. <laughs> I used to behead people back in the day. Well, they did, though, didn't they? Hang in. Back in the day and all that? Uh, yeah. Well, they, I mean, they... They were hanging in the 60s, know, old, weren't they? Old, old Henry VIII, when he was king, back in the day. Yeah. Massive change of subject. And it's something I wrote down months <laughs> what, from, ago to talk from about. From Tudor kings. Yes. I, okay, we could say, back in the day, we could say, this is a this is a back in the day automotive observation. Back in the day and all that. Mm. Back in the day mm. and all that. Back in the day. Did you know... The, the Lamborghini Espada, of which I mm. seem to find a few of them in Barnes. I don't know why, but um, mm. did you know they did a, a VIP Batoni edition? Is this the one that's got a big telly in it? Yes, bloody hell! I well, knew it's not a big telly, know. but it's a but it's a CRT TV, isn't it? So it's necessarily quite deep. It's massive. <laughs> it just yeah, it's sort of a bit too big, really, for the car. Cause it's the interior is not huge. I, I'm fascinated by this car because. It's so of its time back in the day. Um, mm. 1970, uh, mm. Mr. Batoni presented it at the Paris Motor Sh- Auto Show. The mm. Batoni VIP Espada, equipped with a colour television. A mini... A colour television? I think it was a colour television. A, a, a mini bar. And when I say mini bar... <laughs> But, you know, bearing in mind, the roof line of an Espada is 1.1 metres from the ground. This is not a high car. Yeah, it's a really low car, but yet it can fit four adults in it. And I proved it because I've sat in them twice. It has a mini bar in the rear quarter panel on one side, which actually looks fairly hearty. And then it has two-tone leather interior. And there's a couple of other... It looks like extra quilting on the centre console because this television is bolted to the centre console and it's got one, it's got one of those aerials, you know, like a huge circular aerial that you probably cat, you snag this... your slip-on shoe in as you're getting in and out of the back. Yeah. <laughs> I've, kicked my, I've kicked my telly with my loafer again. <laughs> exactly. Is this, am I remembering this right? That it, Did it have some kind of like... Um, where like the, the back seat behind the passenger it had some kind of like recline or you could stretch out like the i think you could I think, I yeah that? i think you could push the i don't know i can't remember what positions the seat went in but yeah you know like when you get in a when you get in an uber or a uh, oh and they've got the passenger seat the, right the seat forward. is almost sort of like pushed into the glove box and i went in an s class the other day to an airport 
and the passenger seat was so far away it was like a distant memory I couldn't even see where it had gone it was like <laughs> you know when you, when you look at a completely straight railway track and it just tapers and disappears into the distance yes. they were like they were like the chair rails of the passenger seat it's, like, it's just gone it's just gone <laughs> <laughs> that's gone but then have you ever done that you call an uber or a minicab and there's four of you and so one of you has to go in the front passenger seat mm. i often call shotgun because i'm often the tallest but they've got it right forward you had to basically have to feed your legs into a tiny slot you're basically trying to post yourself into the car oh you sit side saddle i do a bit of side saddling so you don't smash your knees on the glove box yeah because obviously it's probably full of murray mints well no i mean if only they still made the honda frv because you you know potentially you've got a bit of a usp there as an uber driver yeah take five yeah Talking of, I mean, obviously, you could just buy a Ford Galaxy and take six, but that's not the point. Talking of uh, central seating and all that stuff and glove boxes, mm. uh, today, if you're listening to this on Monday, the embargo is lifted for the new Volvo EX30 um, oh. launch, which is actually, it, there is an episode out of the late break, and I'm not just saying it for blatant promotion, but what I'm saying it for is because um, that has a central glove box. Oh. Yes. Interesting. It is interesting. Now, I've been reading about this car, and I was talking to somebody else that we know who has also been on that car launch. What, instead of me? I forgot to ask you about it, because I remembered you were going to... Was it Barcelona you went to? Yeah, we went there, and it was pissing with rain. And I sang Barcelona (laughs) by Freddie Mercury the whole time, just for morale. Hang on. Didn't this happen to you before? Didn't you go drive the Honda E in Barcelona and it absolutely lashed it with rain? That was Madrid and it was like, oh, okay. it was 80 mile an hour sort of palm trees actually being uprooted on the seafront territory. Mm. That was, yeah. Right. It was not great. No, there's no seafront in Madrid. It's inland. Oh, well, it's not Madrid then. It was another place. <laughs> <laughs> so actually, Barcelona, actually, that's by I'll the sea. tell you what, mate, back in the day, Madrid was by the sea. <laughs> <laughs> so the rain in Spain falls mainly on Johnny. Oh, I I have been to well-known I've been expression. on Spanish Spanish located car launches where the weather has been abysmal many many times to the point where I'm over it. I'd rather just go to. Well, Cumbria. you actually believe that that Spain just has shit weather? Yeah, it's just ridiculous. Ridiculous. Uh, Anyway, so I well, I'm keen to know now. You can actually talk about it. I'm keen to know about this EX30 because there's a lot of cleverness has gone into it, hasn't it, to make it sort of not just cheaper but more efficient to build in the name of being more ecological. I yeah, I won't give the whole game away. It's been a very eagerly Mm. anticipated car. I think the headlines are: this is the cheapest Volvo you can buy, and it's also the fastest Volvo. What? Yeah. So is it? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so you don't normally see these two things together, right? So, mm. yeah, if you order it with the twin motor, um, it'll do... Mm. In fact, I've got my... I can rustle some papers. I've got me... Yeah, the twin motor performance. You've got, you either got a single motor, small battery, single motor extended range, or twin mo- motor performance. Zero to 62 and 3.6. Oh. Fast AF. Yeah. But the single motor extended range, which is the one I drove, because I think that's the one that's most relevant, because I'm not massively interested Mm. in twin motor cars, is a 300-mile range EV. And it's Volvo's cheapest new car. Yeah, that's the interesting bit as well. This is like entry level. It's one of the best-looking Volvos and um, loads of, as you said, really interesting, reused, upcycled materials and sort of championing a different look. I mean, they're not the first car manufacturer to do that. You've seen things like the BMW i3. It's one of the things we love about it. It has that mm. r- those raw strands and textiles inside, which I, I'm really taken by. Which, uh, But yeah, it, it has loads of that going on. And I just think, mm. I think it's a very, very decent car. I've just given the game away, haven't I? I just said I like it, so you might as well just not yeah. watch my full review. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Um, very minimalist door trims, but then with that very big, like an old 50s fridge almost, as a handle, I noticed, release on it. Yeah, it is. It's like a brushed aluminium, but 
interesting goes into the kind of coach line of the door it is it is very cool and sculpted out door cards like you said like my insight has to get more shoulder room and, and the chimney so central ah. central electric windows at the front and the rear which is quite unusual these days so one of our patrons actually mentioned this in the comments the other week yeah. he said can you name any cars that still have central electric window switches and, and all i could think of was that ex30 because i'd noticed it but uh, they pointed out that fiat 500 Jimny. still does and the Jimny. yeah oh yeah, yeah. the 500 does but it's, yes i presume with the ex30 uh, uh, it, it allows that very minimalist door but it also is a cost saving thing because if they put them in the middle it's just it's then they don't have to change the wiring it's, to the right and left hand drive it's exactly that it, it's and that's why the glove box is in the middle and there's other really clever things to make it more ambidextrous and also less wiring, which means less weight, less cost. Yeah. So I think mm. the, the whole remit for the car is just fascinating, but it doesn't feel like you're being shortchanged like we've seen with some manufacturers who have cut costs and it mm. kind of shows. Hashtag Volkswagen. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I, no, yes. I, they've, they've worked hard at it. And I think it's really good. When you watch the video on the Late Break Show, all I would say is just bear in mind that the intro and the outro were filmed in a really murdery ex-quarry full of fly tipping. It's like like six, oh. six feet to the left of me, massive pile of fly tipping. Behind the cameraman, like just more piles of terrible fly tipping in the hedge than you've ever seen. Although it yeah. was a good piss vista if you looked out towards the sea i'll bear that in mind when i watch your review which i will do because i'm interested in that. is it big how big is it in real no life? it's small it, I, it, i'll tell you exactly how it is, is. it is a uh, 4.2 meters long from extremity to extremity and the wheelbase is 2.65 meters um so and I'm it's really not very high me. it's 1549 mil high so it's it's not it's, they're, they're, okay. all I'll say is they're selling it as an SUV. It's not an SUV, and mm. that's why I like it because it's is it? it's just not. It's just a hatchback car that sits probably the you know golf size sort of. Yeah, well, yeah, it does. It does feel like that. Yeah, it's got a very very cut off vertical bum. Again, I mm. like that about it. Um, yeah, hasn't got the most legroom in the back and it doesn't have the biggest boot but it's got a lot of other things which make up for that and neither of those two things are inexcusable excusably bad so i'm down with it is what i'm saying cool. i'm down with yeah. it. yeah no I, I i like the look of it and i am keen to know more so i will watch your review um well <coughs> shit we just talked about a car i know should we talk again, about but, should um, we talk about something else instead quickly to counter no that? because it's time to end uh, um and uh, we've been going a bit long recently, so I thought we should probably try and shut up now. Which, But, um, but oh. <laughs> before we do, uh, we've got three things to tell you. Uh, one, Johnny has a solo YouTube channel. Uh, it really is called The Late Break Show because I haven't thought of any stupid thing for it this week because my head hurts. Um, and there will be a review, by the time you hear this, of the Volvo EX30 up there. So go and watch that. Anything else we should know about? Um, well, the video that went out a few days ago, you you might not have seen it if you haven't. It's a barn find um, of a, a lovely, fascinating guy called Ed, who has a Renault 5 Gordini Turbo, which has been, which he oh. kept under 15 blankets for 20 years. <laughs> I know this because I counted the blankets as we took them off the car. And, uh, it's a lot. Of it's a lot of blankets. And a really cool guy, actually, who... Um, it's a, it's, a, it's a David Bowie fanatic, so we just started... We were talking about David... Is off he? camera, we were talking about David Bowie constantly throughout the day. Oh. And he even admitted to me he has a Bowie... A sort of Bowie corner in his house. It's a bit of a shrine. <laughs> and sure enough, he showed me, and I went, bloody hell, you weren't lying. There is a Bowie shrine in your house. Oh, man. Because I love Renault 5 Gordini's, and I love David Bowie. I wish I could have been there. I love blankets as well. You know, yeah, I'm a big blanket fan. I you take them off. They're good, aren't they? Yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, that's that. Uh, second thing, uh, I've got various books out. One of them is called How to Be a Motoring Journalist by fictional car writer Roy Lanchester. Go and buy that. Why not? And the third thing I've got to do is uh, we're all familiar with the popular Irish band U2. But in fact, two of U2 were born in England. Were they? Yeah. Guess which ones? Uh, I'm going to say The Edge. Ding. And... Um, I'm going to say Larry. Oh, it's Adam. Was it Adam? 
Damn it. Yeah, you see, I think you can sort of tell with Adam Clayton because he sounds not quite Irish, but the edge really surprised me. I, I should have known this because he is actually Welsh, I think. His parents are Welsh. He was born in England. Oh. And then the family moved to Dublin. So he's he's not Irish at all. He just grew up there. Do you know, I've, I've decided that there's a, a, lot, a, lot of, a lot of bands, big famous bands... People like to, they think it's cool to dislike them. Mm. Well, I think you two are fantastic, and I don't give a shit what anybody yeah, they, says. Yeah, I mean, they are. If you, ever, if, just... if you ever play, you know, on, on shuffle, like 20 hot uh, singles by you two, you're blown away every time. Mm. I don't care what yeah. people say. Yeah, yeah. You put, oh, you yeah. put, I'm completely You put where you. the streets have no name on, right? And you don't have the airs up on your back while you're driving in transit to do some groundworks. I think you're dead, mate. <laughs> You're dead, you ain't got a pulse. I prefer the Pet Shop Boys version. Oh, yeah, they did, didn't they? I actually prefer the Pet <laughs> Shop... I, mean, I prefer the Pet Shop Boys version of the Elvis song. Um, is it You Are, oh, you God, are Always yeah. On My Mind? Yeah, Always On My Mind by Pet Shop Boys is way better than the it Elvis is, song. It is, isn't it? It's one of their best songs. It, it's it's yeah, a great, it's it's a great version. Or rendition, would you call it's it a, very a rendition? track. Rendition, yeah, you could call it that, but yeah, it's, it's, it's brilliant. They, a little bit of trivia about that. They did it for a TV show where they got contemporary bands to cover Elvis songs, and... Um, I think they originally were going to try and do a house music version of an Elvis track called Baby Let's Play House just because of the title. <laughs> and, then, and then they realised it wasn't working, so they went, oh, fuck it, we'll do Always On My Mind. And it became uh, one of their most successful singles. Anyway. Well, anyway, that's quite enough of that. But uh, we will do it all again uh, next week. In the meantime, uh, there may be still tickets on sale for our next live show on the 7th of December, and um, hopefully we'll see you there. But that's it for this. Until next time, goodbye. That's this one done in... Thank you, please. Bye. <laughs> you know just what to do. Like and subscribe and review. You know just what to do. Like and subscribe and review. You know just what to do. Like and subscribe and review. <laughs> that was... <laughs> I was having a Willard moment there at the end. <laughs> I was, I was teetering on the precipice of talking absolute horseshit. <laughs> <laughs> Basically in Nottingham. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.